UK Law Weekly podcast with me, your host, Marcus Cleaver. This week we're going to be looking at the case of Nuclear Decommissioning Authority and Energy Solutions EU Limited, and the citation for this case is 2017 UKSC 34. And this case has to do with public procurement, so it's actually worth us looking at both sides in this particular case in a little bit more detail before we see what the dispute was exactly. So the Nuclear Decommissioning Authority, or as we'll probably refer to them throughout this episode as just the authority, represent the government side of things, and there were a number of nuclear sites that they needed to be decommissioned and they were going to get the private sector to do this. The problem was that when they put out the um, procurement for the various businesses to actually bid for doing the work, they favoured one of the businesses over the other, and they sort of fudged the results, as the High Court pointed out, in favour of one company and against Energy Solutions EU Limited, who are the other party in this particular case. Um, just one word on Energy Solutions before we start. They are now known as ATK, and so we will refer to them as ATK throughout the episode as well. Now, the basis for ATK's original case against the decommissioning authority was that they did not carry out the procurement properly under the Public Procurement Regulations 2006. And these regulations basically implement the EU's Public Procurement Directive. And where this happens, there is also a remedies directive for companies like ATK. And the remedies that they can have access to through the courts include compensation and even the setting aside of the contract awards. Now, where there is a claim relating to a procurement, the authority should not enter into a new contract until the proceedings have run their course. The authority in this case did this, but then refused an extension from ATK and entered into the new contract regardless. Taking all of this into account, there are a few issues that arise in relation to the present case. Firstly, whether the compensation should only be awarded where the breach is, quote, sufficiently serious. Secondly, whether damages can be awarded in respect of any loss, whether it's serious or not. And thirdly, whether an award of damages can be refused when a claim was brought within 30 days, as required by the directive, but not before the authority actually entered into the new contract. The Supreme Court went about answering these questions in turn, and they started with the first point by saying that the liability is the same for the authority as it would be for the state in general. And this means that the conditions in the famous Frankovich case have to be satisfied. Those of you who know a little bit about EU law will know that one of these conditions is that the breach has to be sufficiently serious. And this reasoning is supported by an EU case decided in the European Court of Justice called Spiker. Secondly, it also follows that Frankovich also applies in respect of the Public Procurement Regulations 2006 that implemented the directive. But then this follows up with the next question which we would have, i.e. do the regulations actually go further than EU law requires? The answer to this is no, but that does not mean that we can ignore the jurisprudence of the European courts on this issue. And that is why Frankovich applies and breaches must be sufficiently serious under the domestic regulations as well. 
Last but not least, we have to look at the issue of timing when bringing a claim. ATK in this case certainly could have brought a claim before the new contract came into effect, but they did not have to, and that answers the key point that was brought before the Supreme Court. If the authority had decided to oppose a claim that had been brought before this time, that would have meant that ATK had to put up the security against the losses that could potentially be incurred, and that might simply have not been economically viable for them. As a whole, the decision from the Supreme Court makes a lot of sense from both a legal and economic perspective. We have not left the EU yet, and so continuing to incorporate European jurisprudence as an aid to statutory interpretation makes our own law more rounded and consistent with practices on the continent. Frankovich is an important decision that opens things up for both the public and private sector. On the one hand, it ensures that public bodies are liable for the decisions that they make in relation to public procurement, but it also ensures that their liability is not so wide that it impedes their functionality. The third point established by the Supreme Court in this case also makes a lot of business sense. Economic operators, as they are referred to in these cases, should not have to think twice about bringing a case because it could be financially ruinous, and in a similar vein, the authority should not have to hold up the start of a new contract because of a potentially superfluous claim. It will be interesting to see if and how public procurement will change after Brexit. Since the directive and subsequent regulations from more than 10 years ago, there have not been significant steps forward in this area on a European level, and this allows the UK to potentially establish a new standard. Studies have found that public procurements across member states are often not well advertised and can be run in ways that do not adhere to rigorous standards. To cite one extreme example, in Spain at the end of last year, a major prosecution was brought against 37 individuals who were accused of using the procurement system to steer contracts towards their friends. This even involved bribery as things like holidays and call girls were used to influence decision makers. Europe is abound with stories that are not dissimilar to this, and although corruption is obviously not at the heart of every procurement, this is symptomatic of a wider problem. In nearly a third of public procurements across the EU, there was only one bidder, and this is unhealthy for businesses, as well as the public purse. Only when there are multiple bidders can there be competitive bids and negotiations that allow the best company to win the tender at the best price for the government. Cases like this where the authority threatened to destroy the notes of bid evaluators are worrying in a country where we expect public bodies to act in a way that is completely open and accountable. Hopefully this will prompt the government to either go beyond the EU's current requirements or to abandon them in favour of something that delivers better results for everyone involved. Well, thank you very much for listening to this podcast episode and thanks as ever to bensound.com who provide the awesome theme music. If you do get a chance, make sure to visit the website at uklawweekly.com and you can also rate and review the podcast on iTunes. That's always very much appreciated and I'll make sure to give anyone who does rate and review a shout out. I look forward to bringing you another episode next week, but in the meantime, bye!